0: To the roll up, the gang is back together again. Hello, (laughs) hey, I'm Bruce Barcott here with David Schmader
1: and Ben Adlet for the first time in what three weeks? Four weeks feels like it's it's been been a while. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Ben,
0: you've you've grown.
1: I have. I've I've seen the world. (laughs) I've I've come back. I've
0: uh, Ben was in Paris for two weeks. Uh, Dave and I were out traveling Toronto
1: all over there. Yeah. Bruce, yeah. you were everywhere, Yeah, right? yeah. New, uh, New, New York.
0: York, York, Toronto, Phoenix, Oakland,
1: and then back home. All those, awesome. all those cannabis hotspots. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. wisdom have you brought back with you? Oh my God, places? a lot, actually. Is there
2: one exportable like fortune cookie nugget?
0: Uh... <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, the, you know, actually, I do have I do have an exportable fortune cooking nugget, and that is the Nexus card. Oh my God! Right, go, For border crossing uh-huh. into Canada between Canada and the U.S., it is the best. You fly through customs. Can't believe it. Um. <laughs> hey. Uh, uh, Ben, there was a shit ton of things happening uh, while you were gone. Yeah, like as the kids say, it was it was off. Please, I'm I'm still catching up. Ask me about all of them here, here. Here But but let's just go over some of the few a few things that happened this past week. uh, I guess starting with um, let's let's hit a light note first. Uh, Melissa Etheridge got busted,
1: uh, <laughs> on tour. Nothing like an arrest to
0: cheer us up. Right, exactly, no, but, but Melissa Etheridge, um, <laughs> she was on tour, uh, was crossing the border, I don't know whether she was going into Canada or coming out of Canada, into North Dakota, Uh, and apparently there was, like, a a vape pen or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's she's a a medical cannabis user. Medical cannabis user. Uh, And so they hauled her off the bus, took her into the police station somewhere in North Dakota, and uh, booked her, and her mugshot is, like, a classic, like one for the ages. It's See, precious, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? It, I mean, it looks like a holiday card. We, I, if, if I took
1: that nice of a smile, I would oh send that God. to everyone in my family. We we're
0: passing it around the office here, and it's like, it really is like your cool aunt, mm-hmm. her holiday photo yeah. <laughs> is taken. She was so unabashed, and it's like, yeah. I'm a medical cannabis patient, and you caught me with my medicine. Congratulations, North Dakota. Yeah, no, it, it,
1: it makes me wonder what her interaction with the, uh, the booking officers were right. like, right? right? Because she looks like she's just in a great mood, like just tickled by the whole thing. Uh, and it makes me wonder, uh, were the officers also tickled? Or were they, were they pretty excited about booking some high-profile... Uh, maybe I don't, I don't,
0: I don't know. like regardless of the fact that north dakota actually passed legal yeah. for medical cannabis last november didn't they i mean yeah uh, it's not implemented yet but they did that that did pass back in november it's true famously so i don't know
1: i mean yeah. I, I i don't know how anyone takes arrest like that seriously anymore so hey, I, I i don't I know i love right? when it
2: happens to a celebrity because it reminds us that it can happen and they kind of take this bullet for all of a sudden, like. No, like, she just had a vape pen, and right. she went across the border. Like, you have to dump right. out your bag at home twice yeah. before you cross a border.
0: And you do. And and I, I'm sure you did the same thing I did, yes. Dave. Yes. Go through your, your backpack and your luggage.
2: I live in Washington where it's perfectly okay. And right. Like this thing of, like, if I, God, yeah, when I drove, if I ever have to take my own car, I'm going to have it detailed. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> i yeah. like, yeah. it's been my car for 20 years. My- and expensive to the company, I hope. I okay. hope. It, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that was uh, that was the start. Obviously, look, one note to hit on Melissa Etheridge, which is that look, she 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 d- did take a bullet, uh, but at the same time, you know, she is not one of the many thousands and tens of thousands of people whose lives are absolutely derailed by that kind of arrest. I mean, she's Melissa, Melissa Etheridge; she will have plenty of excellent legal. Right, and Advice I'm sure she can and, a- afford that legal fee. Right, and, right. And there are a lot of others who can't. Um, and that is, if,
2: it, if the medical is legal on both sides, it all just feels so arbitrary, and how, what, what alternate route could she have taken right. and kept her health?
0: Right, you know? right. I actually had a conversation at the border with the Canadian customs officer you know, he asked me, uh, well, what do you do? You know, what's your job? And I said, why, why are you coming into the, to the country? And I said, well, my company's, uh, hosting an event here on Thursday in Toronto. Uh, the country is legalizing uh, next year, and we're sort of meeting a number of people from the media and from government who are actually in the process of rolling out those regulations. And he was kind of curious. He said, "He said, well, how do you think we're handling it so far? And I said, said, well, actually, it looks pretty good on a lot of fronts. You know, there's some areas that are problematic. Toronto keeps arresting people. I didn't say that, um, but uh, you should have it just been like, haven't hassled me so far. <laughs> You're <in> the first one. <laughs> um, but it was definitely a moment there, you know, and on on, on the border. And um, uh, you said legalization.
2: I just go full time internet company. Internet company. Got freelancers up here for my internet company.
0: That's good. That's good. That's <laughs> well, good. Well, I, no, yeah.
2: and my fear you have the you should have these eyes in fear I have, which is called Google, which is like oh here's your giant book about right. Weed.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, you and I have share share this, um, which is like it's it's the first thing that pops up. Yeah. if you Google our names is going to be that. So it's it's it, and it is like what we've we've run articles about border crossing in the past, right? And one of the things that has come up is like. Don't offer too much information, but do not lie. Like you cannot lie. If that is like the worst thing you can do. So it's actually there there are nuances there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So when when we were up in Canada, uh, Dave and I met a a huge amount of really interesting folks uh, who are. Uh, some of whom are writing advertising regulations and uh, designing Ontario's provincially run retail shops and this sort of thing. Um, so anyway, it was it was it was hot action up in Canada, Ben. I'm um, sorry you missed it, but there, was, okay. there was there was really uh, interesting stuff going down. And then, sadly, early this week, uh, we got news that uh, Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip. Uh, passed away, brain cancer. He knew he had it, and uh, sort of toured uh, all last summer after announcing that that, that he had this really uh, uh, it was not gonna uh, gonna be a one of those where you 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 fight it and you beat it and you have ten or twenty more years. Um, so that was a, a big uh, a big downer, a big hit for the people up north. Um, But uh, life goes on up there, and and I, I came away really incredibly optimistic about Canada and the fact that they are actually doing this. They're not just talking about it, they're rolling it out. Yeah okay,
2: I'm going back to Gordy a little bit okay. or Gord, yeah, because um, I don't know anything about them, but I really hope there's. I'm sure there's going to be a final tour documentary because these shows yeah. of him like going out there is like, hi, watch me die in public because I love doing my job and right. you love me. I like I want to see that even though I don't have a and the whole and the entire point. audience like took totally yeah.
0: completely with him. Like <laughs> I was I was writing this this Haymaker column this week about it and this is a paragraph that didn't make it into the. The final piece was about um, Canadian music and Canadian bands and the way in which Canada embraced the Tragically Hip in a way that no no other band has been embraced in a weird way. Like Rush, famously Canadian, right? But it's almost like Rush belongs to rock and roll more than just, just Canada. I, mean, I actually heard, um, not Spirit of Radio, it was Closer to the Heart, Three times. I was in Canada oh. for two days. I heard "Closer to the Heart" three times as Muzak. Mm-hmm.
2: Thanks for oh. delivering Canada. That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. um,
0: but but like like the United States never really got the Tragically Hip, um, and Canada seemed to just completely wrap themselves around this band in a way that that was yeah. Do we really have an amazing.
2: equivalent? I guess all of our hot poop people get. It's it's cool to like American pop stars, so people will accept even our lessers. <laughs> right? Like, um, but who I don't do we know. love like Chuck Berry? I don't know who is only ours. I Beyonce right
0: now, no, um, she runs
2: the world. Well, like, it's also. true.
0: Yeah, it's true. <sighs> um, Tom, will well, we we I I think posthumously embraced Tom Petty like as a classic true. American rocker, but not while he was alive. Yeah. Like, he wasn't this 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 incredibly revered figure. Like, like you no, know, he was the boy. youngest traveling Wilbury.
2: You didn't worry about him. He was there. You know. <laughs> He was the youngest boy. American boy. <laughs> he
0: was, and yet when he when he you remember when he played the Super Bowl? It was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was like Grandpa Tom up oh. there. He really he he was had the full like beard going on and everything. It was like wow. My father in law has some Tom Perry songs. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> Hey, let's uh, uh, check out a few other things that happened over this week. Um, we had uh, a really kind of <laughs> a, a, what do I want to say? A rollicking story from Peter Hecht about Calaveras County. Now, Ben, I know this is a this is a, a story that uh, you and some of your writers have been following for a number of months. Calaveras County, uh, famous California gold country. Um, kind of down and out, uh, not power. I wouldn't call it poverty stricken, but look, they're looking yeah, for some economic. It's
1: looking for some sort of anchor industry. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's...
0: And so they went out and essentially embraced, uh, growers in 2016. They did
1: for a bit. Right. They, they being a small portion that can't quite figure out if they want to go through with it or if they're getting cold feet. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, sort of local community pushback, uh, in Calaveras County. Um, and part of that is based on uh, sort of cherry-picked examples of, you know, uh, crime or, or, or sort of claims of other activity uh, that is not really as substantiated as, as at least according to our, our folks looking into it. Um, but, uh, so, so, so basically they're on the precipice of being able to decide, uh, do they want to usher in what stands to be uh a really long-term anchor industry that could provide a lot of new jobs in this area, um, or are they going to sort of close uh, the doors to that opportunity? Um, there's a lot of examples so far of uh, different local groups, uh, you know, having the ability to benefit through chari- charitable donations or other things from industry actors, and really sort of turning that down because they still, in many ways, see that as dirty money. Right. Um, right. Um, and yet the, so, the county,
0: mm-hmm. uh, in, in Peter Hecht's story, that's that's um, going up. I actually, in about an hour. That's um, Thursday. This will be broadcast on Friday, and it'll be out by then. Uh, in Peter's story, he says, you know, look, the county received essentially about $3 million in, I think $3 million in licensing fees and $5 million in taxes over the last maybe 18 months or so. Um, you know, pretty substantial for a county of that size. I think maybe 45,000 people total in the county. Uh, and yet, you know, last year's Board of Supervisors went ahead with it. I think they probably had an election, maybe a couple of seats turned, and those seats now belong to folks who want to ban the industry entirely. And it sounds like it's partly due to you know there was or has been an influx of new new people there, of yeah. growers who yeah, have come absolutely. to the county. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I I haven't been there personally, but I have seen other places, um, specifically Netherland, Colorado, mm-hmm. where. Um, this tiny little mountain town really was not overrun, but there are a lot of new people a couple of years ago
1: come into town yeah. and specifically to through, grow. And if you, you know. drive through, it, it's always really hard to gauge. It, these, the cannabis industry in general in areas that it's moving into uh, is always talked about, uh, I think, disproportionately more than any other industry coming into a place. Um, I remember going uh, maybe a year and a half ago to Southern Oregon, Uh, driving around Southern Oregon. And the number of people who were complaining about all these new grows uh, just seemed like they were everywhere. Uh, But if you started asking them, well, what have you run into? What have you experienced so far? Really, they're just aware that people are moving in, uh, and, and, and I, I think, understandably, they're concerned about what that might mean in terms of the changes, um, but, you know, the things that they were saying about how growers behaved really didn't jibe with uh, the growers who I visited in Southern Oregon, you know, who were, uh, as what, from what I saw, very considerate, very far removed, uh, you know, they had fencing, they were up a private street, they were not, you know, folks who were, you know, growing huge uh, plants next to, you know, kindergarten playgrounds and things like this. Um, so yeah, I, I I am curious to see what happens there because I, I think I think so you you've been, you mentioned the uh, the board of supervisors and I think that's uh, almost one of the more interesting pieces of all of this was it seemed like the elected officials there almost expected residents to kind of get behind this economic opportunity. It kind of felt like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna legalize this. It's gonna make a lot of money. It's gonna t- help take care of our public schools and things like that. And then you saw some of the members of the public be like, no, wait, we don't want this, and, and kick out a couple of those soups. And then it felt like the, the sort of opportunistic people coming in and running against it were like, yeah, we want to get it out. We want to totally get it out. And I'm not actually sure who sort of has their finger on the pulse of Calaveras right now or if it is just, in fact, as polarizing as, as, it, as it certainly seemed at times. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting how that shakes out. But I'm also going to go out on a limb and say, in 10 years, we're going to forget that this controversy ever existed. I think we're at a, a, a certainly a, a time of inflection right now, where uh, there is a lot of pressure in these areas that are seen as, you know, uh, full of opportunity. I mean, it is it is in many ways what we would have been describing during the gold rush at the time, right? right, right. Um, how how Ironically, crazy and wild yeah. it is, right? Um, and I think I think a lot of that is kind of. Bluster and 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 uh, certainly is 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 you know if you look at real estate grabs and things like that, there are certainly real phenomena occurring. Um, but I, I don't know. A lot of this sometimes feels like more ado than is is really necessary. At that yeah, one case. of the more
0: interesting quotes in Peter's story came from the calveras County Sheriff, who said he went before the Board of Supervisors and said, "Look, one of the things that the money coming in from these fees and taxes is enabling." My department to do is actually go out and uh, shut down illegal growers who are, and and some illegal growers are causing problems. They're stealing water, they're dumping trash and toxins and this sort of thing. It's a, it's it is an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and, and he says, look, those illegal growers are going to be here whether we legalize and regulate uh, the permitted growers or not. But right now, you know, it may seem weird, but essentially the permitted growers are allowing us to. Find out, find and track, and kick out the unpermitted growers who mm-hmm. are causing problems. So it's a it's a bit of a strange circle there. Um, upshot: at the end of the county supervisors meeting on Wednesday, they agreed to punt to next week. All right. So it Classic continues. Local government yes, move. absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. So it continues. I'm sure we'll have another report from Peter uh, uh, on the same thing next week. Hey. On the topic of legal controversies, we got mm. a story mm-hmm. out of the blue on, was it Tuesday? Uh, uh, yeah. The Kettle it Falls Five mm-hmm. case, a very famous uh, case out of eastern Washington. It's been going on about five years now. Basically, um, five people who were growing medical marijuana within state within state guidelines, essentially mm-hmm, legally mm-hmm. Uh, were arrested by the feds five years ago in a, in a, in a raid and prosecuted uh, to the essentially to the full extent of the law. I think three of them were convicted uh, with, with serious federal mm-hmm, jail mm-hmm. time, federal prison time. Um, one of them, the, the, Gentleman who actually had cancer passed away mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but we got a notice on Tuesday that essentially the U.S. Attorney for Eastern Washington was not dropping the charges, but but sort of b- staying, essentially walking away from yeah, the case.
1: and really kind of rolling over and deferring to the the lawyers for the accused in this. Right, uh, the, the, uh, right which is on, the, the case
0: is on appeal. The, the the folks who were convicted are are, are not in prison. They're mm-hmm. out pending this appeal.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the way that this kind of fits into the, the constellation of notable legal stuff happening, um, for lack of a better term... Um, so, uh, as Bruce said, the, 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 this case was filed, you know, five some odd years 2012, ago. 2012, um, I think, yeah. And uh, at the time, uh, you know, if there was anybody who was kind of making a, a waves or, or kind of uh, towing that line of, of, you know, whether or not they were legal, state legal or not, uh, a lot of times that was inviting uh, federal scrutiny. Um, and sometimes it was inviting federal scrutiny just if you were loud about it, even if you were completely uh, state compliant. Uh, a great example of that is in uh, Northern California, um, where we had uh, uh, Harborside. Um, and Harborside was, you know, they came out and the feds uh, filed you know, charges against them. Uh, but then there was the Barker farr uh, amendment. And that, as as listeners to this show are probably familiar with, uh, prevented the D- Justice Department from spending monies uh, on uh, prosecuting state-compliant actors. Right, that, that
0: passed in the first in 2014. Right.
1: It's been- been in
0: effect ever since.
1: And so that passed, and then that harborside lawsuit, excuse me, uh, criminal case, uh, ended up getting tossed largely because of that restriction. And at the time, a lot of us were looking around and saying, hmm, I wonder what other sort of uh, waves this will make. Uh, Lo and behold, here we are now, uh, a few months later, um, several months later, I suppose, and uh, the Kettlefall 5 case, which, you know, as as you described, was really kind of held up as uh, I guess I could see why the feds might go after this, but geez, this doesn't right. seem like a, a good use of, it's not a righteous case. Yeah, and, and, um, and
0: it was the the raid originally occurred prior to Rohrabacher Farr coming mm-hmm. into effect. But, and I think some people who, who you know, if you weren't that familiar with the case, you might assume, well, maybe the case was like grandfathered in, they could still prosecute mm-hmm. because it was before Rohrabacher Farr. But no, Rohrabacher Farr, because it's a budgetary amendment, it says, it doesn't say you can't, pursue these cases, it says the Department of Justice cannot spend any money pursuing these cases so it can't, the, the DOJ can't legally actually pay its people right. to continue to work on this case. Yeah, they have to walk uh, away. Yeah, you
1: can't um, just make photocopies.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 as we all know, only because, you know, when they have those uh, uh, federal shutdowns uh, and they have to send all of the federal workers away, it's it's not legal for a federal worker to, like, work voluntarily. Like, you can't just come in and say, oh, I'm going to just, you know, give you my time. It's like, no, you can't actually do that. It's not, it's not legal. Um, so, like, you know, uh, DOJ folks can't just say, oh, I'm working on the Kettles Fall Five on the case on the weekend. It's okay, you know, that sort of thing. Um, hey, Dave, let me circle back to uh, a, a story that you had that got a lot of attention from our readers this week. Very popular story, um, and that was on... Edibles in Canada and oh. their legal status. Tell yeah. us about that.
2: They um, basically the the Canada government introduced a they amended a uh, bill to clarify that they that edibles will be available one year after preliminary legalization. So just like concrete step forward that people can bank on, and the licensed producers uh, rejoiced because it gave them a firm from Target to aim at. Right. We're we're not wasting our time and money by investigating edibles, which people need and want. And there are all these reasons. Yeah. Um, A big, I think a big impetus for the amendment was uh, public health in Canada said, we don't want to require smoking. Like, that's an odd thing for the government to do. Oh, that's interesting. Like, we're, we're, (laughs) <laughs> Public right. health was like, hey, if there's a way that we can cut smoking out of this, let's. That's that's to our benefit. So, oh, that's fascinating. I know, isn't that so sensible in Canadian? Wow. It's really nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why do you know why they held off on edibles in the first place? Was it something that they were just like, look, we don't have the time or space right now to deal with yeah. edibles? Were kind of scary to us, etc.
2: It felt like a kind of arbitrary um, containment of the giant wad of information they gave out, which was like we'll have legalized flour in one year. Get ready. We won't worry about edibles. And maybe they were surprised by the blowback immediately of like, you can't shunt off an entire um, side of this because there are people who don't smoke. And
1: and keep in mind, they were putting together these regulations, um, you know, at a time when Colorado and Oregon and California and Washington were all looking at... um, Sort of the rise in calls to poison control centers or visits to hospitals, which, even though very low in terms of absolute numbers, had gone up from you know eight to twenty-eight or something, which is, is statistically a, a big jump, yeah. right? Um, and so at the time, even amongst local regulators in the U.S., they were looking at sort of how to place further restrictions on it because it was just bad optics for, the, the, for legalization in the industry uh, to be able to have headlines that were like, oh, hospitalization rate increasing, even though these people were coming in saying, oh, I ate a whole brownie. I don't feel Just good. I'm thinking dying. Down, have some right, milk. sit be in the dark right. for a while and then go home. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, you know, they were, uh, Canadian regulators were pretty open about the fact that they were looking at some of the things in Colorado and they had alluded to some of the things that had quote unquote gone wrong or not been what they wanted. Uh, advertising was one of those. We saw that, how that's been reflected. Um, and then, you know, op- the concerns about edibles and specifically people eating them without knowing enough. Right. Um, and sort of more like, in doubt effect
2: yeah. yeah and so much of that seemed to be the overlap of a pre-existing medical market that had medical dosages and expecting recreational people to come in and eat a corner of a candy bar and people with cancer are really good at eating a corner of a candy bar yes. <laughs> and right, people right. who are looking for pleasure and escape are not really good at yeah, eating yeah drunk bars. people on vacation yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, like Colorado did like we watched them do it Of oh let's go to that thing where every in the recreational market a
0: dose is a serving Yes,
2: yeah, um, which really just kind of leveled the playing field and yeah. protected the more and, and
0: we, yeah, and we saw in Washington here uh, the packaging, uh, packaging regulations changed, and uh, every serving was uh, ten milligrams, yeah, um, and that's. <laughs> I think that's uh, overall that's a good thing. I think uh, as a consumer of some of these edible products, it can be frustrating to try to open the package. Frankly, uh, they do a really good job sealing up those packages. I mean, sure. they yeah.
2: require that. I love that stuff. That requires like a tool.
0: Oh yeah, you have to have a tool. I mean, you can't, your teeth are not going to work. It yeah. has
2: to be something a kid can't do. There's like I took a tour of the Zoots factory once. Mm-hmm. The Zoot, yeah, um, and God, they have these Altoid mints. Um, every single one is individually wrapped hard enough that you have to use a tool and it's inside a thing that's wrapped
0: (laughs) up. Yeah, you know, I I once talked to uh, a guy who's in packaging and and does a lot of work in the cannabis industry. And we talked about uh, the actual testing that goes on uh, in order to meet the federal standard for child-resistant or child-proof packaging, and it is it is amazing. Like there is a lab, I think in Pennsylvania that does this sort of this stuff. This world's strongest and, babies. Yes, they bring in uh, uh, children who are uh, it, at a, a specific age, like from four to six uh-huh. or seven to nine or something, and they just sort of set them loose with this packaging. And they put they wow. put like they like, actually put like uh, cookies or um, I could you watch know, that legal, all day long. Non-medicated yeah, candy in inside. <laughs> and the and the kids just have at they hammer it you know it's they, like bear canister testing like yes it is exactly it's like <laughs> literally tooth and claw to get into this stuff and the you know they obviously they they observe and videotape and the people who are who are mm-hmm. manufacturing the packaging then get Amazing information back. It's like, oh, okay, I see. What's how? Okay, that kid got in this way, and that kid got in this way. Clearly, if we change this, this is
1: amazing.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating stuff.
1: I, I, I gotta, I gotta take the rest of the day off and go watch. <laughs> are there YouTube videos? I, of I this? don't think, I don't think there are. There should be though. I picture oh like one God. kid getting into it and then coming in with like a fire extinguisher. Like he got it. He got it, yeah, all right. Yeah, Move him away it, from it, the it, container.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and don't spread the information to the other children. Yeah, right? completely. Like Move away. I
1: this
2: just makes me wonder. Can has this, anything like this ever happened with a bottle of alcohol or a beer? A baby could open a beer. Oh, right. Uh, it's the, know, the hoops I know. we jump through. Yeah. I, I just want to bring that up. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, screw tops on the top of a fifth. of uh, (laughs) I I mean,
1: I feel like I was a kid when this happened, so I don't remember exactly. But when were uh, the child safety things on pharmaceutical containers? When did those become standard? Oh, man. Early 90s? Really? Oh, way before then. I was not a kid at the time then. Yeah,
0: I bet they were. But, um, I mean, speaking to that point, Dave, you were just in Las Vegas a few weeks ago. And one of the things you mentioned when you came back was just the everlasting foisting of alcohol on yeah. visitors to Las Vegas. It was it, kind of amazing to you. Yeah, it, it was
2: just a real lesson in, in the kind of um, concessions a city can make to uh, intoxicant. Right. <laughs> and right, um, right. there were ha- there were hangover clinics on the way, way to the airport. I got cheaper meals if I ordered a beer with my burger. Um, they, you're offered when you check in, there's a bar right there. It's nonstop. Wow. And What is it, a
0: hangover clinic?
2: I think it must just be like a B12 shot or something. It must right. be something that B12, ma- whatever would make you oxygen, feel right away. Whatever, whatever would work in the, you know, the hour. Um, I, I want to go for today. Me, <laughs> like I don't have a hangover, but I think I would feel better afterwards. <laughs> and the brand, the liquor branding, like every show has shot glasses and will there, will there be equivalent pipes where there, will wow. there be any kind of. Similar gestures made towards the well, cannabis now, industry. Well, now
0: one of the one huh. of the stories we ran this week was that isn't it? Uh, wasn't it illegal oh, to sell paraphernalia mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Nevada? And I think they just passed a law making it legal. Um, I'm not sure if that was state. I think it was statewide. Um, I I'll have. To, I'm sorry, listeners. i will have to read my own stories. because no, uh, <laughs> But we have so many stories going through. But th- seriously, that. The, I think that that it, it is now
1: legal to. The sell Las Vegas City Council. It's smoke shops. It's being considered this week. Is it? Okay. Perhaps it's already been
0: considered. It might be today. Okay. Yeah. But I was. I was sort of amazed that that it was, was cage. still engaging here. It was. Yeah, I know we. <laughs> We're missing our fourth here. Uh, that that was still illegal. Um, and we had a conversation about that in the office about how I think it's still in like in Washington State and in other states. If you wander into a pipe shop, you you do not say the word bong. Oh, yeah. It's you, a water pipe. And they have yeah. signs saying legal smoking herbs. We will kick you out of our store if you say bong like they these are water pipes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know whether that's still a, a federal remnant. Maybe I think I
1: bet it is, you know. I bet it is, too. It's so yeah. like the era something. that, yes, yeah, that Washington sex State toys were, were described care. as personal massagers. Yeah. Marital right. AIDS. Marital AIDS,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, hey, let's... Uh, I have uh, a finale question.
2: Yes. Did you encounter any cannabis in France?
1: Uh, I did. Uh, not on purpose. Um, so... Uh, All I knew really going into France is that I had edited some stories about France, and that uh, while there is quite a few, uh, while there's quite a community around uh, cannabis consumption in France, uh, it's pretty, you know, they don't have medical like many other uh, countries in the the EU at this point um, either do or are moving toward. Uh, They are pretty punitive when it comes to. uh, you know the public consumption things like that. I believe they recently decriminalized But it's still a very very stiff penalty if you're if you're caught. Um, so I was not going in uh, As a cannabis tourist I was, <laughs> seeking, I was going in not seeking. Yeah, no Rick Steves would have been really proud I, I was I was leaving my legal cannabis at home, and I was going to immerse myself in French culture uh, and so no, but as part of that I um, one of our uh, tour guides. Uh, we, you know, it was our last night in Paris. We went on a little tour. Uh, tour. Uh, our tour guide was really nice, friendly, uh, and we asked him at the end of it, hey, where's a place nearby that's not too touristy to go grab a drink or something like that? He ended up taking us. Uh, we had to wait for a while to get a table. And as we were sitting there, just on the little cobblestones, uh, there was a little tiny baggie of hash. Um, and, and to be fair, I I have never found, uh, like usable cannabis on the ground before. So it kind of blew my mind. Um, and it really blew our tour guide's mind as well. He was like, I've always wanted this and finally it's happened. It's amazing. Um, and so he, he, you know, we opened it outside of the Pompidou and had a little bit of that. Uh, it was not very good. It was hash. Uh, it was, uh, it hit pretty harshly. Um, I'll, but then he had a, another little bag, and that little bag uh, had really tasty Moroccan hash. Um, oh. And I got to hear a little bit about uh, sort of the the strange, nefarious hoops that you have to jump through to, to obtain cannabis in France. It sounds like uh, it's it's uh, generally folks in the, the, the sort of the lower uh, socioeconomic status areas who are uh, selling that, which is unfortunate, but I guess you can see why. Um, and so there are... Uh, You know, he he talked about going to this sort of dingy apartment building, uh, going up uh, at the instruction of someone at the entrance to, like, the third floor, and then you know, knocking on a door and then nothing happened and he started to leave and then someone else came out of a different door and took him down a different hallway and then opened some briefcase. And I think this yeah, is it how it sounded farce like a, was embedded in the theater, really. Yeah, no, it, 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 it was almost comical to me if, if, if you know, the consequences involved and in all those things weren't so significant. Right, um, right. But, you know, comparing that to like, and what's it like in Seattle? And I got to, uh... That's it's always like amazing. buying shoes. your <laughs> Yeah, because
0: I've I've heard these sorts of reports from France, and it's always it's gone against my conception of France as a a, a grand a country that, that loves life right. and libation. Yeah, and get and drunk, of food uh, eat a lot of and... indulgent fatty right. foods, right. smoke right. a cigarette. Right, actually, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> look at some nipples on the magazine right. cover, right. and then and then go get like a three thousand euro fine for lighting a, a, right. a tiny little. Right. No, it is a little strange. Um, you know, I, I, they do have. Of rather high uh, youth consumption rates, so I can understand as a as a try to, you know whether well placed or misplaced effort trying to sort of crack down on that. Um, uh, oh, the the highlight of that whole consumption in France, I, I didn't get high at all to speak of. Uh, but we smoked out of potato, which was kind of cool. <laughs> I um, call it was a f- frite
2: or no palm. <laughs> no, it was a
1: palm, right? It was a, it was it wasn't <laughs> just happened was Earth be handy or uh, no? So he our again tour guide he was much more prepared for this than oh, I was. no, 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 he, had a, he had, a, had a potato. No, he had a potato in his pocket, and it was like a potato pipe. As one does. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a cool stone pipe. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, it's a potato. And I'm uh, like, what? And so he had taken, it was just a little spud, and he had like sort of pushed like a, like a, like a pencil or something through it. And then he had a, uh, I don't know what it's called. Y- y- you, you men can help me on this one. Uh, the, you know, the little thing that you put on a socket wrench, a little oh, adapter yeah. to ahead. find the right socket. I don't know. One of those things. Ratchet. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, with a piece that comes off that you yeah. come in different sizes. Anyway, he shoved that into the top, and that created like the little bowl. And so we were just smoking out of. Uh, he is the winner of, of the Driver
0: Challenge France. Yeah, uh, it was pretty cool looking. <laughs> I may not yeah. know it, but he is. Yeah, yeah was, you
1: know, very French. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, all mind. right,
0: all right. We will uh, on that note. We will wrap up this week. Thank you for listening to the Roll Up. Uh, special thanks to all of you who bared with. Uh, us as we went on hiatus for two or three weeks, especially you, Shay Gunther. I know you missed our show. Thank you for letting us know about it. We Hi, really Shea. appreciate. Uh, I like uh, yours your too. Listeners. Yes, absolutely. Uh, MJ Daily Podcast, Marijuana Daily, Marijuana Today Podcast. Great oh, I show, that one. That is a good show. Yeah. Um, hey, so thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Bruce. I'm Ben. I'm Dave And we'll see you next week. The Roll Up is a production of Leafly, the world's cannabis information resource. Production assistance from Katie Sewell and Charlize Metcalf. Our theme song is Turn Me On by the Shivas. Be sure and check out their work on iTunes. We survive and thrive on word of mouth. If you enjoy what you hear, subscribe, tell your friends, and tweet a link to the world.